My grandmother would have been 108 this year. She was born in the early part of the 20th century, and she lived in Vandalia, Illinois, at 605 North 5th Street, in an old Victorian house that had been in that family for 100 years. And it was full of extraordinary things when you are six or seven or eight. As my sister and my brother and I would go on treasure hunts, when we got to her house, we found amazing things. We found old pocket watches. We found the old Victrola and all of the old records. We even found in the drawers of the secretary old boxes with locks of hair, which we found very creepy. When my grandmother died in 1987, at her funeral, they played her favorite hymn in the garden. That hymn from 1913, the sweet old hymn of the relationship with Jesus. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling in my ear, the Son of God discloses, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share. beautiful, so beautiful. And so when it came time for me to choose something of my grandmother's, I found the perfect picture to go with that hymn. It's one of those pictures by that artist Salman, who in the 1940s made so many of those beautiful works of art of the fair-skinned, blue-eyed, long, blonde-haired Jesus, right? In the white and blue robes, standing in his bare feet, knocking at the wooden door. We know this artist's work because, of course, it was in the Sunday school rooms for so many of us growing up. And even though our understandings of Jesus are far more complex these days, along with all of my African Jesuses and every other kind of Jesus, I have my sweet, blonde-haired Jesus with a flowing robe that reminds me so much of my grandmother. And there is Jesus knocking. Of course, the knocking that we have in this parable is quite different. It's not exactly the knock at a door as much as it is a hook to the right eye. The widow in Jesus' parable is not just bothering the unjust judge, she is boxing him. 
that phrase that we translate so that she will not keep coming and wearing me out really is translated in the Greek so that she will not strike me under the other eye. This is a tough old lady. Every time he walks out his door, there she is with her boxing gloves. But she has no other choice. As a widow, when she's lost her husband, she's lost the right of her inheritance. She has no inheritance. If she does not have a son to care for her, or if there is some dispute as to who will care for her, the widow will be without. And so her recourse is to go to the judge and have a hearing. And this unjust, heartless judge is her best hope. And so she will box him until he will give her justice. And over and over she insists until he finally relents. And now I am supposed to tell you If the corrupt and heartless judge will grant justice, how much more will God, who is not at all like this judge, but full of grace and mercy and compassion, how much more will God come quickly to our aid? And I have always been bothered by that comparison between God and the unjust judge. Even though I know what it's supposed to be doing. It's supposed to be saying, well, God is not like that, so of course we can trust God. But no matter how many times I preach this text, it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem enough to say God's just not like that judge. It just is disturbing to even consider comparing the God of steadfast love and faithfulness to a heartless one. And I must confess that God does not always come quickly to our aid. If God had come quickly to my aid all the times that I had asked God to come quickly to my aid, well, God would have been here weeks ago. When we're with somebody or we are the one yearning for something to change or for some positive thing to come into our lives or for the treatment to work or for the test results to come back or for the counseling to make a difference, the courts to move more quickly, God's time can seem anything but quick. But this is what parables are supposed to do. The parables are supposed to bother us. They're supposed to get into our heads and nag. This one was bothering me so much, and then I was reminded that parables don't have to mean one thing. Like when we look at the picture of of a picture that can be either the young woman with the beautiful hat And then if we change the way we see it slightly, we see an older woman with a different kind of hat. And that's how the parables are for us. And I came across a scholar who recommended having God switch seats. What if God is not 
to be compared with the unjust judge? What if God is the widow? What if God is the one who won't give up? What if God is the one who puts on boxing gloves and keeps insisting and insisting on making things right and whole and hopeful. There are two people who I've come recently knowing about, and the first is Evelyn Chumbo, a member of the Oakland's Presbyterian Church up in Laurel, Maryland, and I met her, saw her at the last Presbytery meeting where we were blessed as a Presbytery to be able to give her her Peace Seekers Award from the General Assembly. And what she related was an almost unbelievable story. Evelyn came to the United States when some people from the U.S. went to Cameroon and told her parents that they could get her an education in the United States. She was nine when her parents let her go. And she was trafficked to be a slave in somebody's home in Wisconsin. Between the ages of nine and 16, she cooked and cleaned and cared for children. She didn't know what a telephone was to call 911. She finally escaped, got her GED, and now works with the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, the Department of Justice, to end human trafficking. And she mentors fellow survivors, because once you get free, it's really only the beginning, as she found out. That's when getting the education and getting on with your life can be most difficult. And she said, this is what I say to the people, to the survivors. Don't give up. You think that there's no one who cares about you, but they do care. Don't give up. And in her, I see that widow. And I know I see God. The second person that I ran across just died this past week, a Dr. Joseph Bierman, a theoretical physicist who worked with that Committee of Concerned Scientists. And on that committee back in the Cold War began a program for refugee scientists. See, he saw what we've seen in our Syrian refugees. He saw people without a place. The refuseniks, the scientists in the Soviet Union who were not allowed to teach or do their science, but weren't allowed to leave. Well, he somehow helped a hundred scientists get out and make lives in the United States. And then he did it again for China. When scientists wanted to leave, they said, you need to speak with Bierman. One of his colleagues said of him, he was a tenacious fighter. He would hector, debate, impress, push, cajole, 
until every contrary sentiment and argument lay exhausted. I see in him the woman. And I know I see God. I know that God is the one who insists on fairness and demands that things be set right. And God will not stop bothering us, reminding us to pray, urging us to hope, bugging us to keep doing what is right and to keep being encouraged. And to wake up when we have fallen asleep to the needs of those around us Still, Jesus wonders, when he knocks, will he find faith on earth? Will people still be believing and striving for peace? Will we be praying and working for a better world? Never give up, says Jesus, because God will never give up on you, on me, on us. All the while I was writing the sermon, Jesus knocking on that door was there with me. But sometime late last night, I think I started to see things because I swear that Jesus was wearing boxing gloves. Amen.